This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Margot Donahue, the co-host, co-creator, editor, and producer of several podcasts, including Book vs. Movie, Dorking Out, and What a Creep. She recently published her first book called Filmed in Brooklyn, which is the result of over two years of writing, research, and photographing over 250 films that take place and or are shot in Brooklyn. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. the spirit of Wimby Mergolo. Uh, <laughs> would you mind reading our last letter? So subject is harboring resentment. Boy, this one got to me. One of my best friends blew up her life and ghosted me, and I don't know if I can forgive her. Stella and I were really close throughout grad school, and she was one of the few people I saw during quarantine. Last fall, we both started post-grad school jobs and experienced some painful, unrelated life events that led us each to isolate a bit, each of us. She met a man at her job and almost immediately broke up with her partner of seven years. I was sad for her partner, but supported her. Then she fell off the face of the earth. She didn't respond to texts for months. She also got very into Twitter, went viral a few times, and also almost lost her job for posting confidential information online without a client's permission. This seemed so out of character for her. This month, she reached out. She offered an apology, but it felt half thought out. We've texted a few times, but my my heart's not into it. As much as I want my friend, I feel like I don't recognize the person she's become. I harbor resentment both for what she's done to me and for the pain and grief she caused her partner, who was also my friend. Am I obligated to forgive her? And what do I do if I can't? Yikes, again. I'm so tempted to just be like, yes, you are obligated to forgive her. To forgive her. Next caller. <laughs> like, I, I don't believe that you asked that question thinking I might say yes. That's fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like this one because I often get questions from people who haven't had like the conversation with a friend and they're not sure what to do. And this one is slightly further down the road. It's this category of like, well, she apologized, but it wasn't great. And I wasn't sure whether I'm allowed to say that or not. So what do I do with it? Do you know times people just didn't apologize to me at all when I am absolutely deserved one, deserved one? Like I would have taken a half-assed one. Like that's how like, you know, thirsty for an apology I was. Mm. Like it just sometimes you just, people won't do it. Mm-hmm. I feel it because, you know, there's been a couple of friendships that I've kind of ended and um, during COVID, but also like before that, I've had some big life events in my life. Where are you with this? I, I want to hear your thoughts first. You know, I think there are a lot of options ahead, kind of depending upon what the letter writer wants most to do. I think it is difficult to think about like etiquette for receiving an apology in part because a, an apology of this kind 
it, it comes without any input. So it's just your friend's best guess as to how this has all affected you. And so then there's this question of like, well, if I gave her some more information, would she have a better apology available for me? Or would she feel like I had just like done the emotional equivalent of like sending back a gift? Like what's the etiquette on input on apologies is I think a useful question. I think it's certainly possible to kindly and lovingly say, I really appreciate that you apologized. And it also brought up a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with you a little bit more in detail. Can we have that conversation? Are you available for that conversation? But the question really is like whether or not that's something that the letter writer wants. And um, I'm sort of interested in trying to like look over this letter and, and figure out what I think the letter writer is leaning towards, at least right now. Also, uh, you know, I'm not going to get it, but I really am just like, what, what were the tweets? What were yeah. the viral Me tweets? Me too. Yes, yes, yes. What did she get in trouble for? What did she do? I mean, if it potentially like endangered a client's privacy, don't send me the tweets. I shouldn't know. We don't want to draw more attention yeah. to it. But just uh, like on a purely gossipy level, I'm, I'm just nosy. I'm curious. I'm also, yeah. Well, there's a lot that's going on with her friend. It sounds very chaotic. So she immediately like meets a guy and then dumps her partner seven years for them. And then she's like posting things on Twitter that could get her fired. It's there's she's doing a lot of things that are pretty reckless or she's, or, you know what I mean? Like there, she's going through something. So I wonder about that. And I think, I think it's perfectly okay to say to her, your, your behavior, it's been, I'm gobsmacked by it. I don't know what to say. You're not the person I knew or it's, it's, you know, I don't know how to respond to all this because, and then you ghosting me really hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know, I think this is useful because it's, it's it's helping to draw my attention to letter writer. It doesn't sound like you did much when your friend apologized other than say something like, oh, thank you. Like you felt maybe either I have too many feelings to know what to say, so I'm just going to be polite or I'm going to wait and see where this goes. So I'm going to not say too much. But it's clear that like just having heard the apology and then kind of going back to semi-regular texting is not really working for you. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, And... I can understand why sometimes if you feel like you might not be as close to someone in the future as you have been in the past, it can feel a little bit like, well, then why would I risk having a like vulnerable conversation with them that might go really sideways? But, you know, this is like one of your best friends. You've been really close for a long time. I think it might be worth at least attempting a deeper conversation. And, you know, you don't have to open with, I feel like I don't know you anymore because that can sometimes put people on the defensive. But I think really just to to say like, hey, I know we've just been texting a little bit, but I would actually love to kind of go back to our earlier conversation. Do you have time for like a chat on the phone or like to meet for a walk? And and yeah, just to like, again, you know, you don't have to start with everything on your plate because you want to see how she reacts to it, how much she's willing to listen. But I, I think really, yeah, to say like, I appreciated the apology, but it didn't really kind of cover everything that had just happened. And I also just wanted you to know Not that I'm trying to berate you or like put a guilt trip on you, but just I wanted you to know it was really painful and really bewildering. You just disappeared from my life. And I would, I I don't really know why, but I just want you to know that it hurt me and I missed you. And it feels a little difficult to just go back to like kind of fun texting without really addressing that. I, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing for you to say to her. And it's not like you're a monster and I hate you. It's just like, that's not just gonna be gone with a single apology. 
Right. And also her behavior changed and you noticed it. I mean, it's okay to say that, you know? Yeah. We weren't in touch. And then I noticed these things and, and I was friends with this person that you were with for seven years. And that puts me in an awkward position. And, you know, I, I, it's okay. I think it's okay to mention all those things. Yeah, I, I think especially the stuff that like endangered her job, if if you want to express a little concern and just kind of check in and say like, what was going on? Like, are you doing better now? Do you have any kind of new systems in place to make sure you don't do that again? Like, <laughs> and again, maybe boyfriend? <laughs> if she gets defensive about that, you don't have to press. But, and it might also like, if the conversation doesn't go amazingly, you might feel like, all right, I tried. And she's just kind of like, flailing right now. I don't really know what's going on, but I'm not going to push. At least you'll have more information. But hopefully she'll say something like, yeah, I was really surprised that I, like, I can't believe I did that. Or I, you know, I was really relieved when I didn't lose my job, but I could have. And even just sharing something about what she was thinking would, would be meaningful, I think. Because it does, you know, People do break up. People sometimes do break up messily. It's it's not as if you want to say, like, go back to your old boyfriend or anything. But it's also, that's a lot to do all at once. And it's also, she did mention there were painful life events. I wonder what they were and what the reverberations were from that. Right. Right, yeah. Maybe she's thought about that, too. And she's like, honestly, I've just been going through so much and trying to keep it all to myself. And then I just kind of blew up my life. And some of that has worked out. I love my new boyfriend, maybe. But some of that was really nuts. I, I, again, I don't know. I'm like imagining the best possible response where she's somewhat aware of, of how like chaotically she's been behaving. But um, And sometimes people don't know that. They don't know how they're coming across. Right. Or sometimes people experience that as a relief. She might have felt like she was repressing before and feels great about it now. And it would be good to know at least. Yeah, I would just, yeah, I would just have an honest conversation with her. Like, I really appreciate you saying that, but I was just, you know, I was hurt, but I was just curious, like, what's going on? And that's how I would put it. And don't make her feel defensive. Like, you've both been through a lot. And yeah, and if you can stress, like, you're not saying the person you were before was good. The person you are now is bad. I need you to go back to that old person. But just to say, like, the way that you handled a lot of this change really hurt me which makes it clear you're not saying never change, go back, be the static version of the person you were when I first met you. But it's like, if you're going through a lot and you're feeling overwhelmed, please just like give me a heads up so I'm not confused when I never hear from you. Or I, I'm worried about why you tweeted a bunch of information about a client. What the hell? Right. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think Anything you can do to diffuse defensiveness is is useful, but that doesn't mean you have to pretend that you feel great about everything. And this is really hard because, like, on the one hand, I think we all want to feel like we have room in our lives for other people to change. And yet, often when people change, they do it kind of haphazardly, not necessarily with, like, the clearest thinking and sometimes in ways that other people don't want us to. And so sometimes what what to one person might feel like new freedom, excitement to someone else feels like, whoa, slow down. I hate this. Yeah, yeah. Especially if somebody's known you for a while and then you start to change a little bit. I got because I've had that experience too, where somebody's just like, You're not the person I knew before. You're starting to change. And it's like, well, yeah, changing. I'm getting older. I've had new experiences. I've been through some things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like to that end, I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense to share some of what she's done that's hurt you. 
I think you can briefly speak to, I was surprised by how you broke up with your ex. And since he's my friend as well, that was hard. But there's going to be a limit to how much you're going to be able to share that with her just because as the person who broke up with her ex, she's not really in much of a position to comfort him. Like maybe someday she'll, they'll have like a conversation where she says, I'm really sorry about how I broke up with you. But like, she's not going to be the primary source of support that he leans on as he recovers from their breakup. And so I just think there's got to be kind of a cap there. Unless, you know, you maybe you have this conversation and you think, you know what? I don't like her anymore. I like her ex better. He's my friend now. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with him. That's it fine. Happens. You're allowed to do that. Sometimes we switch out uh, halves of a couple. Yeah, some it happens. It definitely happens. But you need to have a conversation with her. Like one more chance. I think you'll feel unfinished if you don't. And even if it doesn't go amazing, like again, as we were saying before, like it's not like you have a ton to lose right now. Right now you have some like uncomfortable intermittent texting where your heart's not in it. So you've got little to lose and potentially like a fair amount to gain. Right. Yeah. Stick up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think a lot of times I'll hear from people with longstanding friendships where they won't bring up something when it's at like a a two or a three on the scale of like one to 10 things that bother me. And then eventually those add up to a 10. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, now I either never want to see them again or I want to have a big risky fight. And uh, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for occasionally like going through conflict with your friends. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Well, we are just in a little mutual admiration society and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's, that's it. That's all we've got. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.